Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I drink a whiskey drink. I drink a lager drink. I drink a something drink. I drink a giant drink. I think it's hard for the thing for the, the good guy. See, I was thinking more of <laughs> dreams last for so long. Even after you're gone. Or everybody. Yeah. 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 I love these medleys. Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. 1997. Y'all. I've given all I can. It's not enough. Oh, yes. It just shows the lyrics I remember from songs that came out. Like a candle in the wind. Oh man, which I'll is the number you one song. When you get there, see you yeah, when you get there. Baby. That yeah. is, I've brought that up on page seven before. That really resonates with me for some reason. I've got a donkey. I've got a horse. That is I not... am ready to get a divorce. That's oh. right. We're going to the court tonight to wow. end our marriage. See, this would make sense because <laughs> this is going to be while you are on your paternity leave. So it would make sense if this is the time. When Lexi wanted to leave you most, but she can't. This is true. Because she's tethered to you tethered. because you have a child. <laughs> tethered to but her. That is not what we're here to talk about. I love we're here it. to talk about I'm a bitch, I'm, I'm a, a lover, mother. I'm a child, and I'm a mother. Oh, that's what Lexi can sing to the baby. That's <laughs> right. She's not a bitch, she's just the mother. It's part. a bit of sweet. Symphony. Wow, just so much to choose from. 1997 is a huge year in pop culture history. We we would be remiss if we didn't hit it soon off and us discovering that we really, really enjoyed doing page seven rewinds. This is not going to be the only episode on 1997 because there's just so much in this year princess die anybody Uh-oh. there's a lot a lot princess changes in this died year. right uh, and then that was the year i infamously with the snl cool. where i was <laughs> readying myself for a perf- a, an individual performance <laughs> and uh it got interrupted by the princess die. and i literally like didn't know who princess die was or why anyone cared because Whoa. that's just where i was in my life but uh yeah yeah 
But now I know. Now I understand why it matters, and I love The Crown. It's because you watched The Crown. I didn't understand why it mattered yeah. until I watched The Crown either. I was like, oh, yeah. now I understand why everyone was crying so much. Obviously, it's sad when anybody dies. It's because this woman was completely fucked over by life yeah. and the royal family, yeah. uh, just completely screwed over by the people of England. In general. But uh, why talk about Princess Die when you can talk about it. my open lesbian fantasies about the band En Vogue? Okay. Because this is the year that the Don't Let Go music video came out, and I lost my mind. Have you guys seen the En Vogue Don't Let Go music video in a minute? Because it's sexy as shit. Super hot. No, I'm bringing it up right now. Ooh. Just in general, too. Ooh. I just want to say, like... Dark Lips. Music oh. really diversified a lot, I feel like, around this time in a very fun way where you have, in terms of topping the charts, you've got like electronic music like Chemical Brothers mixed in with like cheesy boy band Mbop and all that kind of stuff mixed with Radiohead really coming out of the gate with OK Computer. Like everything is getting a little electronic. Everything's just getting a little more diversified and interesting when it comes to popular music. I'm actually like really into this time when it came to music. Also, and we'll get into the movies later, but the big like summer anthem with like, can't, you know, My Heart Will Go On. Mm -hmm. And I believe, is this the year Lion King came out? Lion King was a little bit before, but the pop, okay. the pop music impact, like the soundtrack had a holdover. And this is what happened with 1998, our 1998 episode is that all of these songs that I associated with the year 1997 were on all these charts for 1998. Also, the year ti- the, the movie Titanic came out in the year 1997 but had a continued influence on the year 1998 because it was still like the number one movie and the My Heart Will Go On was like the number one soundtrack and all of that. And it is really crazy to think that Elton John topped the charts in 1997, which at that point, an older singer that had like his big heyday and then coming back around and out for me, I've always been obsessed with Elton John. I know that he's always had great songs coming out and great things happening. Of course, there was The Lion King. But then this year, there's something about the way you look tonight, as well as Candle in the Wind that you were talking about earlier, Holden. And it is surprising to me that you look at the top artists. You know, it's Jewel. It's Puff Daddy. It's Tony Braxton. You know, it's ugh, R. Kelly. Leanne Rimes. Spice Girls. All that makes sense. But I didn't know that Elton John was at the top. And it's because Candle in the Wind was a redux for Princess Die, which I didn't know okay, that's at the what time it is. because I, I, even though I knew nothing about Princess Die, I remember this was the year that I moved from Florida to New York or from New York to Florida. Oh. And so I didn't have any friends. So I watched all of the funeral proceedings of Princess Die. Yeah. I listened to Candle in the Wind over and over again. <laughs> I didn't have any friends, so I watched a funeral all day. I loved it. Uh. <laughs> I got the Princess Die beanie baby. I had to have it. Very very fifth grade energy right there. there. Oh, yes. This is such a weird thing about 1997, too. It's the year of the death anthem. Because we also had I'll Be Missing You by Sean Combs uh. because of the death of Notorious B.A.G. Lots of deaths this year, too. Die, beat Biggie, and in December, the saddest one for me, Chris Farley. Don't, that was 1997? 1997. Yes, it was December 1997. December of 1997, that I just looked it horrible. up. Damn. Uh, horrible. Damn. Horrible. Because again, because, talk about, like, with Henry and I, one of our biggest idols, and, yes. and Henry was a little bit older than me, so I went through the weird fascination with Princess Die and then funerals, and then fucking Chris Farley dies, and we were in, to us, the worst time of your life when you move yeah. from like far and like 
I was in fifth grade and he was in eighth oh. grade. Doesn't that make you just want <laughs> to die <laughs> already? Yeah. No, dude. Yeah, I mean that I would not want to move in either of those grades. No, it's the worst. Especially it's like right. And my mom's like, well, it was right before high school. It was good for him because then he, but he didn't make any fucking friends before he went to high school. No, we both just had weird loner years. And yes. That's why we became friends. But Chris Farley dying was one of the. I, I like I Henry went into like true I think that was like the beginning of like a true depression for him mm. of like that is what he won't be and what he always and that it was all taken away from him mm-hmm. and how upsetting all it can you imagine dealing with a fifth grader and an eighth grader being brutally upset right. for a year and a half with your hero dies yeah it's yeah. pretty crazy because i remember yeah. th- and this is shows that the extent to which i was just totally a child at the time that when princess die died the scariest thing about it to me was that i like knew her as a mom you know and so because it was like oh she has these two cute kids who are like approximately me and my brother's age so the idea of her dying was scariest to me because it was like moms can't die you yeah. know what i mean and so like yeah that that really impacted me. Like I, again, not giving a fuck about the British monarchy yet. No, because I didn't have Olivia Coleman in my life. <laughs> Just my, no, no one in my family, like nobody ever talked about the Royal fin- family. Yeah. It's just so weird when you're a kid and all of a sudden everybody cares about something like the OJ trial or whatever. Right. And you're just like, why? Like no one's li- ever talked about <laughs> O.J. Simpson outside of police school, outside of Naked Gun. Yeah, we should do what we should do that year soon too. The year of the O.J. chase because that yeah. that was another oh, thing. I was at uh, home. Great. We were watching our Friday night, twenty twenty, as we did as a family, and then the O.J. chase started. Well, we were all already sitting in front of the TV, and we were all like, "What?" But yeah, like yeah, Diana was another thing. I was like, I. It seems like everyone's really upset about this, and to me, the only upsetting thing is that anybody who's a mom could ever die. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that was like how. But then Chris Farley, it was like, oh, you. This is like the person who has brought so much joy to me since as long as I can remember, and that hit very, very differently. It felt. I remember thinking, and we talked about this a little with, with Phil Hartman. I just remember thinking like it should be impossible for people like that to die. <laughs> like it should be impossible like for famous special people. And, and yeah. Fun. Right. Yeah. And, and also like little do we even know at this time, I don't even think upon his death that we com- really registered this, but like how can someone that funny and vibrant be sad? Right. You know? Yeah. And, and be, you know, and I think that really hit us too with, or, or how can they have darkness in their life? Like how does Phil Hartman, how does Chris Farley? And especially, and I still grab all of this today, Robin Williams. Yeah. And it, you just sit there and you're like, it's chemistry. It's, it's brain stuff. It's, Ugh, it's medication stuff, this, but this it's like impossible. This quote that I remember that I was, uh, I obsessed over in my twenties of Chris Farley that he said, uh, because he was someone that he always wanted love in his life. And he said, this notion of love is something that would be a wonderful thing. I don't think I've ever experienced it other than the love of my family. At this point, it's something beyond my grasp. But I can imagine it and longing for it makes me sad. And it's just, I, I, I just, I haven't thought about this quote in years. And it's just the idea of he just wanted to connect. Yeah. And he couldn't. He couldn't get it. All right, we're not talking about. I'm not going to start crying about Chris Farley right now. <laughs> but also, this is it a happened. good. This is a good opportunity to remember that at any time when we talk about at any point in history, even relatively recent history, even the history that was part of our life growing up, that everything on a kind of like 
cultural, political level was shittier, right? And I, yeah. I, I feel like there is still a massive amount of hatred and de- dehumanization of fat people in this society. I think that in the late 90s, it was much worse. And I obviously, Chris Farley, you know, thrived, but I, I wonder the extent to which being, you know, the butt of the joke and like scorn so much yeah. for his size was like sure. a terrible, terrible weight for him, you know? And you think about the Chippendale dancer. Yes, sketch. right. He is fun to watch, but the whole thing of the sketch is like, well, you're fat, so you can't be a yeah. Chippendale dancer. Right, right, right. Well, and how much yeah, did we all internalize that too, yeah. you know? It's so funny too, because like we, that didn't register either when like we're getting made fun of right. at our own high schools uh, for being different and for maybe even being the silly one at right. times. Like, it's very interesting how like that's the, this is all stuff that's maybe subconsciously processing, but like we don't even under I, and I can't even remember when that happened. Honestly, like I literally can't remember his, for some reason his. It was passing. right before Christmas. That's why I remember. I know, yeah, right. And it was just Christmas. such yeah, a devastating. Yeah. I, 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 that was that was a rough Christmas <laughs> <laughs> for for the Zabrowski household. I will say, no one wanted to smile. I remember us asking for Christmas to be canceled because <laughs> uh-huh. we're like we're done. We don't want Christmas anymore. We don't want to smile ever again. And I think that's when my mother realized her children are mentally ill. <laughs> but that's okay because then the nineteen. 73 single Candle in the Wind comes back and apparently Candle in the Wind is the second best selling single of all time the first is Bing Crosby's White Christmas wow I had so I I just realized I had to look up I have to look up when the movie 7 came out because that is the timeline for my own depression uh, period which happened I believe in 96 so I'm technically coming out of it now and I think that's with the help of being able to get around more, maybe having friends that had cars or something, because I do remember seeing Jurassic World the day school got out, and school got out early. It was a half day, and we all went in the middle of the day to see Jurassic... Uh, I'm sorry, The Lost World. Um, not Jurassic World. Uh, I digress, but... Is it, uh, were yeah, you looking that, that up because we're both looking at the same article that Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow, they called off their engagement in 1997? No, but I... Awesome. Yeah. Wait, I didn't even realize they were engaged. That they yeah, I forgot that they were engaged too. This they was were together back, for back two then. And a half it just years. felt like there was these requirements for hot people to like. It just was like famous hot person woman and famous hot person man. If if you're at the top of your game and whatever your field is, you just have to date the man, the the other gender equivalent of the person in that same. But if you think about it, nowadays there's so much. Television, right? We've we've been to, like bringing this up lately. So many movies, so many things, so many celebrities. Now there are more celebrities. I feel like now than there were then, or the fact that like more people are aware of more of them. And if you think about it, we're more aware of the same celebrities, right? Yeah. And I feel like they probably weren't around other people very much. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like if, of being that kind of super celebrity, right? Well, it was because there were there weren't a bunch of different apps like now. Right. If you're TikTok famous, I probably don't know who the fuck you are unless you're that Addison girl, Addison right? Ray. Like, that's literally the only like named TikTok star I could name. I could say. Whereas if I asked any teenager right now who were like the top TikTok stars, they would rat- list off like twenty. Probably yeah, same. There's YouTube stars you know? and TikToks. This so fame is, is very many it, places. Yeah. Yeah, fame is much more. This is where we're gonna like, bring up the m- monoculture thing. Yeah, now, you know. Yeah, completely, and, and and so yeah, exactly. And you can like live in these different spaces, which is good and bad. I think that we were able to have like 
constant same conversations and uh, now whereas whereas or back then whereas now it's like it's just all over the place we're kind of more teaching each other about our own things that we super love yeah you know what i mean as opposed to back in the day where we were just like everybody loved i mean here's a great example too of like everybody loved it men in black right that shit came out, and yeah, that was the soundtrack of the summer. That was the movie I everybody saw. It. Everybody knew all the lines, all the scenes. We're watching the music video on repeat every day uh, on MTV. Because I don't know about y'all, but I was on MTV hardcore at this point, especially over the summer. Like, so this it's is just back on to again where day. we are very different ages. Let's give a, a reminder of right. where uh-huh. we all are. The age, I yeah, we got to do the. Age I'm in fifth yeah. grade. I'm fifteen. When you're fifteen. And someone tells you they love you. You're gonna believe that didn't come them. out in 1997. Hold no on. one told me, nor did anyone, nor did anyone ever tell me they love me. This was probably the year. I believe I'm freshman, so I'm not getting all drugged out yet. Yeah, you're a but freshman. But I am asking. I'm asking a girl to a homecoming dance, and I wanted to be the first of my friends to do it, and she said. No. And then later in the day, she approached me while I was sad, waiting for my mom or dad to pick me up, just standing in that one spot I stand in because it's where I can be alone. And wouldn't you know it, she walks up and taps me on the shoulder and says, I made a huge mistake. I'm so sorry. Please go with me. And I was a little reluctant, but I said, okay. And I should have said no, baby. But them's the, <laughs> them's the breaks, I guess. So I did Why take her. and she. No? I just think, you know, I, I don't know. I should have just been like, no, you fucking said no. No, it's just, nice I'll to give someone another chance, though. Yeah. I, I, and we did. And we had an awesome time. And she was a total sweetheart. And she literally said, that's the most fun I've ever had. Oh, like, that's such a happy on, ending. Hold and you frame it like you were yeah, a sad yeah. boy, a mad boy. But it turns out well, it you really had funny. a good time with her. My buddy Brian and I, we went to, um, we went to what's it called? The the Asian restaurant where they cook everything in front of you. The, the I can't think of it. Benihana. They went to like a Benihana. Benihana. My favorite I chain love, restaurant. I love a Benihana. Let's go to Benihana. I miss oh, Benihana. Man. Let's get them as I don't a think I've ever been to one. I'm throwing Benihana. it out there, guys. What? I've never been to a Benihana. There is it's Florida. so fun. I've been to a Benihana so in Florida. Let's go. Let's I'm going to arrest you. I'm going to send a pack of dogs to your house can right you, now, Jackie. Can you to drag me to a Benihana? You. Because I would love to see <laughs> the artistry of the chefs. It's so fun. But we went, and I remember before the night before, my buddy Brian slept over at my place, and we made a bet about who could, um, who it was. I think we were trying to, like, it was a joke, but it was like, who can embarrass our dates more by being silly at the dinner? And then he, like, totally froze up, and I just went hard on it and, like, just made them everybody. But no, 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 but they loved it. No, no, no. I was being hilarious. I was, like, doing the Chaplin biscuit dance and stuff. Yeah, you mean the Benny and June biscuit dance, but fine. What? Oh, oh, yeah. Benny and June happened before Chaplin. That came first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pre-first. No, this was around the time period that I remember when I moved to Florida, and um, everyone knew how to ride a bike, and I didn't know how to ride a bike, and everyone was always out on their bikes and that's how everyone like made friends and we were never outdoor kids and so I was like Same I'm gonna get a pogo stick <laughs> so I bought a pogo stick I had a pogo stick too pogo stick. and the thing is that did you make friends with your pogo stick because turns out <laughs> no one wants to be friends with the person that has a pogo stick until they get older <laughs> oh, and I then know. you realize oh the person with the pogo stick likes drugs and yes <laughs> that is a stereotype but I think that it is true I i've never met is, a person I think that I likes to pogo to that. Yeah. that is not does not I, enjoy drugs 
All right, so my way of trying to solve it was rollerblades because I, I really liked those. roller skating at the roller skating rink, and I got rollerblades because I also had the same exact problem as you, Jackie, not a bike rider, and my brother super was, so my brother had a lot of friends in the neighborhood, but me... Not so much. So I ended up eventually getting rollerblades to try to solve this issue. And I remember I was like, I would go down really, I can't believe I used to do this. I would go down like really pretty steep hills and just try to see how like crazy fast I could get it, get it going or how dangerous, you know, I was kind of chasing that dragon, you right? Chasing to. that adrenaline rush, which was so dumb. And I remember I was going down this hill and I busted so hard going so fast and I fucking fell into a, uh, a mailbox and like no! knocked it over. I was like, and I was all scratched up. I was all cut up and bloody. And a car just like pu- was pulling right up. I was like, oh good, they'll someone to help me. And it just stopped, looked, and just kept They're just like cheering like, look at that idiot. That, felt like, that moment felt like my entire like middle school, right? Like my entire time during that period was like that, where I was just like, I'm a- I need help. Someone please help me. And then someone like almost maybe being that person that's going to give me some guidance or mentorship or something. And they just stop and they just keep on. Uh, there's some mentorship. <laughs> that's so right? sad. I didn't really have that. Like, I feel like my, at this point, my dad was like so busy with being a lawyer and my mom. I think also being the second child in hindsight, I think by the time I was in high school, I mean, I think they were just over it. Yeah. They just of wanted course. a break. You know what I mean? Because my brother's already like about to go to college. I'm, you know, they've already kind of, and I just, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't have that. In fact, to the point where, I mean, one the way I got out of my depression when seven fucked with my head and I couldn't sleep for like weeks on end, it was literally me going downstairs and being like, I need help. Like, I think I need to sleep in you guys' room for a little bit like this. I'm really, you know, I, I can't like... I kept myself so much that that was like the hugest deal in the world to me to just be like, I can't sleep. I need help. Like I'd never communicated like that to my parents. I think I was afraid to afraid to communicate to like anybody on that level and, and be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I was raised up and I think this was a Charlotte thing and a, my family thing, but I was definitely raised up to just be like, just make sure everyone thinks you are the status quo and always, Mm -hmm. always. You don't need therapy. You don't need help. You are a, you are a on top of it. You know, a, a soon to be adult child. You are in, con- you know what I mean. Everything is normal. <laughs> I just want everyone to know I'm normal. I'm not gay. I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not weird. I don't do plays. Yeah. I don't want to be creative. Well, especially in '97, that was such a like. It was such a fear that we lived in that yeah. someone would see us as different from everybody else. Yes. And I know that that is a fear of. Growing up, regardless of what age it is, but I do honestly feel that the late 90s was a particularly, as someone that had an older sister who was at that age, but in the late 80s, early 90s, she was like, shit was different then. Yeah. It really, like, she was like, she even said, like, in New York, she was like, I never really got, like, made fun of for being a bigger girl. Like, I never got, like, it wasn't, it, like, that. and I imagine it was different, obviously, in different places in the country. Yeah. Because in New York, I, I never felt the same as when I did when I moved. The, like, starting in Florida was really when it was the, like, I want to fit in. I yeah. need to, I need to fit in. If I don't fit in, I'm going to die. And I know that was part the age group, part the time period when, like, you know, the the beginning of the obsession of like celebrity couples and that kind of uh, that kind of thing. And it transformed from at least in my brain from the early 90s of like heroin chic into almost even 
thinner. Yes. I don't even know how they did. Yeah. Like that the ideal body type was even thinner by the late 90s. This Tyra Banks cover has really brought me back to that. Yeah. uh, Because that, I remember that Tyra Banks cover got my beans sloosh. You know what I mean? (laughs) I do. Because in 1997, Tyra Banks was the first black model to have a solo sports illustrated swimsuit issue cover. This is so we were just talking about this. Which is insane. By the way, unfathomable. It took until 1997 for that to happen. We were just talking about Sports Illustrated, like the most, the more recent ones, um, you know, Sports Illustrated making these milestones, like with Megan the Stallion. But like the idea that in 19, the late 90s, 97, they were like, look at us, a black woman on a magazine. Wow. We will accept our medal now. What are you talking about? In every other way, too, she's like textbook, a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Like, (laughs) it's so funny, too. And, but at least I will say, I don't remember that being like, oh, black woman on the cocoon. Cover like I don't remember that being a thing, even though at least that at least I was anybody around me was thinking, or about. at least no, not for us and the people not in our family, no. But I'm sure it was in other places. Yeah, this is giving me so many flashbacks, and I have a big one to talk about. By the way, a big event this year, but um, just Charlotte was so cookie cutter. I think Florida is like just a great. I think there's just an anger in Florida that just just seeps into everything, Jackie. Yes. I don't know, because I don't think you necessarily, like, my private school, Charlotte, I mean, y'all went to Charlotte, right? Yeah. I've never been. Have no, been? I have been to yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, right? Y'all went. Did you? I was, like, trying to remember. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a it's, class it's, difference. I am going to throw that out there. I think it's that I, very it, much. I do yeah, feel that is much. what it is. And not that, like, that's a bar, but I think, like, no, as no. a state, uh, the state as a whole is a class difference from A hundred percent. You know? But but that doesn't make it better or worse. No. It's just different. And there's also very just rich parts of Florida too yeah. and it, you know yeah. and it's still filled with you know a lot of toxic did you deal with because I feel like this especially hit really hard in like middle and high school when you're just you're feeling so many things and you just want to be able to be honest and real but you can't did you deal with the kind of bullshit southern hospitality garbage that oh my god you know we all kind of, that I did in North Carolina where everybody's just like hey you know so nice hey, hello there especially moving from New York at that time period not only I think that's why my mom and I got so close though was because my mom didn't understand she's like they all they all they they're nice to you to face yeah but then they exactly. talking shit behind your back so much <laughs> that's worse. not how we do it in new york i got something yeah. to fucking say i'm gonna fucking say it to you and then we're gonna be smiling and having lunch two hours later. <laughs> and that's this is why but then i coming love new york that, <laughs> as a midwestern <laughs> it's, it's such a refreshing because yeah. the midwest midwest is I, I know that there is probably important distinctions between southern hospitality and minnesota nice but, but it's, it's like same thing in, yeah. in midwest it's just like oh okay great and then it's just like, mm, you know. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I'm almost certain this is the year I read Catcher in the Rye for mm. the first time. So I think a lot of me, and but also, and also listen to like Rage Against the Machine and Wu-Tang Clan. And we're about to talk about that because I maybe went to the Rage of Wu-Tang show around this time of my life. But uh, that was the big <laughs> event I was referring to. And I'll talk more about that in just a second. But the, all that to say, like a lot of my mentality at this point is everyone's fake. Everyone's a phony everyone. You know what I mean? Like everyone in my town, like I'm, I'm, I'm real. These people are not like, and I'm so sick of this bullshit. And even though at the same time, I'm like shitty as well. You know what I mean? In my own way. But having that, just I'm just going back to a lot of like that anger that I had inside of me and that frustration. And hey, let's actually go talk before uh, before we get into Rage Wu-Tang. Wait, wait, MJ hasn't gotten into where where they were at this time period yet. Oh, yeah, 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 please. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was basically the opposite of you, Holden, because we talked about this in 1998, <laughs> but in 1997, that was the year I was like, it's time for me to make friends. Okay. So I, I grew out my bangs. I tried to grow up my hair. I had always had short hair. I had been truly, truly not Thin again, yeah. like can't emphasize enough. Dressing like I was in the 1920s, like wearing button-up shirts, suspenders. You know, up like really extremely struggling to be <laughs> what even grade? remotely normal. What grade is this? No friends. Uh, this was th- uh, fifth going into sixth, and okay. yes. Yeah, so so. The summer before my sixth grade year, I decided I wanted friends. Terrible, terrible. Yes, the, the worst <laughs> time. And so, yeah, I grew out uh, some bangs um, and some tried to get some regular hair. Although I, I posted this on my Instagram recently. I like found this picture from my first day of sixth grade where I was like, I'm going to be like more gender conforming to be normal. And it's like so not even not you close uh, at all. I'm st- it's, but I'm not, it's not, I thought that it would be like, oh, I was doing femme and I look uncomfortable, but I wasn't even doing femme. <laughs> I'm still wearing a, yeah. a no fear t-shirt. Yeah. I'm wearing like very baggy pants. I basically just grew my hair out and I was like, well, if I have long hair, then everyone will stop like thinking I'm so weird. And so, but I, I tried to I, I like plunge myself into pop culture to immerse myself and you know so it was like I was like I have to know everything about the Spice Girls and so you know funny. Backstreet Boys and so I was like trying I was the exact opposite of where you were although of course I still had a lot of like anger and resentment about the about all of it yeah. <laughs> but I wanted I wanted it and so it was it was so by 1998 I had kind of hit my stride and was like, all right, this is what we're doing. 1997 was when I was, it was like I was learning another language. I was like, I will learn the language of the pop culture. MJ, you are speaking my language so hard, even though this wasn't the time, the year for me for this. The I will just say my transition from fifth grade to sixth grade was so fucking jarring. And now that I think about it, because I literally, I feel like I went from like, I have friends, we play on the playground, everyone's equal, there's no status, there's no... Uh, table, there's no jocks and nerds and stuff. And overnight it changed. I think the reason why it was so jarring looking back at it, same school. Yeah. I, w- I went to the same campus because I went to a private school that went from kindergarten to senior year. So, and and I think that was a lot of the frustration going to freshman year as I started to click, oh my God, I'm only going to get like a few new people a year. Mm. I'm stuck in this ecosystem until I graduate. Yeah. Like I am going to be this person uh, I have been chosen to be this whatever person everyone decided I was, and there was no breaking out of it. And definitely having girlfriends was not a part of that trait. 
right? So I just feel like I struggled so hard. And, you know, that's why college was like a a, a revelation for me because I was like, oh, my God, I can change. I can just be someone else in a different space. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, fifth to it was like overnight playing on the playground, having everyone being equal. And then all of a sudden we not we have lockers. We go to different rooms for each class and we have to care about girls and what people think of us and you know, all this stuff that I was not prepared for. I was still like, I still want to play with action figures. I still want to be a silly person on the playground. And there's just overnight it gets ripped, ripped from you. It was so challenging. Yeah. So you have a bunch of like 11 year olds and 12 year olds out here trying. I mean, this was the the first year that I went to any parties, but like I went to parties with kids who were just like slamming vodka and stuff. And I was like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, like literally, we had just You're been like watching the Lion baby. King, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, and so kids are are doing cr- and making out. Yeah, and this was the first year I made out with anyone. Wow, like, because good. it's I just mean, like I was a good yeah. one, but also yucky. Oh, it was no, disgusting. This is disgusting but... It was on the playground, Ugh. though. Like, because I still my elementary school was K to six, so I was still in elementary school. But like, we were just like, like trying to learn how to kiss on the playground, which is not inherently. You know, I think a lot of people probably learned to kiss on the playground, but it was just, we were too old to be at that school. We were too young to be at middle school. Honestly, sixth graders, you got to just, again, my theory with sixth graders is they need to be doing a project or something. They can't be in normal school. It's too weird of a year. I was in love with the, I was in love with fraternal twins, um, John and Gina, and I was completely in love with both of them. (laughs) And um, I tried to be friends with them. And I remember at one point in time that I went up to John and I asked uh, for his phone number so that we could all, like the three of us could be friends. I don't know what I thought that it would happen. And I remember he pushed me away and said, get out of here. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> and I like I feel like it's like that moment in The Simpsons of the like watching the heart watching his heart break, break. <laughs> and it's just what a fifth grade thing of just get out of here. Like, uh, okay. When talking about <laughs> getting like phone numbers and stuff. Also, congratulations to me by the way for asking for a phone number. Yeah. in when I was in fifth grade, I was new to the school. My mom's like, just go ahead and ask. That's you just just be friends you know you, you guys can be friends it's bold and it's a reminder that the social landscape was very hard back then because very you hard. couldn't just be friends on social media you no. had to get someone's phone number yeah and, and well here's the other thing i was about to bring up i don't know if it hit big this year but it definitely launched this year aol's instant messenger oh my god launched in 1997 really <laughs> oh i didn't bring this yes. up on the last time when we did 1998 because flower power 98 was always on AI. I wish I remembered. Flower <laughs> Power ninety eight is definitely a very AIM, and also very late nineties specific <laughs> because this was. I don't know if we, if this is on any of the things we're <laughs> referencing right now, but nineteen ninety seven. If you remember the Delia's catalog, Jackie. Oh, big do year, I. <laughs> big year for sixties nostalgia. Like very big, really, really, really intense sixties nostalgia. Psychedelic, yeah, stuff, like a yeah. lot of like, yeah. uh you know, it was the year of the flare pant return. It was like a lot of uh, flowy ass shirts, you know, shirts with keyholes. Yeah. This because, again, I was trying to do I was doing like female drag at this point. So I had all this Delia shit that was like all sorts. Of, I look like a fucking boy dressed as a hippie woman from the 60s because I like uh, there was so much 60s nostalgia. And the Delia's catalog was just like this 85 pound, uh, you know, adult woman is wearing 
giant flare jeans and you need them too. Completely. Yeah. And it is, I, I'm just looking at pictures of Delia's um, catalogs right now. But it is interesting because again, like we've talked about, it all comes back. Butterfly clips, huge in 1997. They're coming back. Platform huge. shoes, huge in 1997. They are now coming back. We are seeing the cycle of the fashion trends. Mood rings. Huge. Oh my God, I had so many mood rings and I don't think they do anything. Oh, and the ball chain necklaces hemp necklaces a big year for hemp necklaces as well and i'll say this even as someone who had no knowledge of delia's catalogs like if you want a fashion mind blow nostalgia bomb just google delia's catalog because this is it's insane so (laughs) with the long sleeve shirts with like the stripes on the oh my god yes the the chest stripes chest stripes were very in like a single a shirt and this was as i was trying to figure out what's everyone wearing who's cool (laughs) it is a shirt a long sleeve shirt but like uh, it's not a well-fitting shirt it's a loose long sleeve shirt with a single stripe across the arms and the chest um, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's V-necks. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of like tight, sexy Henleys, like waffle print ones with the oh, three buttons. Oh yeah. Cause are we getting out of the era of Jinkos? Are we leaving the Jinko era? No, it was era still a Jinko. It was still, still a Jinko time, but Delius was too classy for Jinkos. Delius was like. Yeah, yeah. Delia is the real deal. These are a the bunch of, Delia, yeah. and I, they are looking now, they are children in the cat. They're like definitely like 16 year olds. I I was, you know, 12. So I thought that like these were like the height, these models were like the height of like adult sophistication, but like they were just like, oh, these Girls are what cool girls look like. They're mostly very white. They're all incredibly thin. Yes. And the fa- it's like, it was just tight ass baby tees. Yeah. Yeah. It was still, uh, you know, we were still in the tight on bottom, loose or tight on top, loose on bottom era, you know? Loose on bottom. Oh, yeah. It was large and in short. I had some of these things. Like, I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, I think I have that <laughs> shirt. I was just going to say, not, not to, if we can stay on fashion if you want, but I do want to spend a little time talking about what I think is probably one of the bigger cultural touchstones besides Princess Di, and that would be uh, Titanic. Uh, yes. Because that was just this event, whether you loved it or hated it, I remember, I feel like I I saw the movie probably opening weekend or went in the first weeks, definitely. I may have gone with my mom. I remember I uh, was at the stage where I still didn't just enjoy crying at movies, <laughs> so I was uh, trapped in my own body during the <laughs> sad parts where I was trying desperately to not cry in a dark movie theater where no one would have seen it and no one would have cared. Uh, Actually, no, I bet my mom would have fucking cared because there's no emotions in my house. (laughs) Um, But I I remember being, I I definitely was a person who felt like they had to act like they didn't like the movie. Uh, When at the end of the day, in hindsight, I probably did enjoy the movie. Masculinity, uh, man. This is such a, this was, I think that everybody who was a boy at this time or was, you know, living as a boy at this time had to, be like, oh, whatever, that's for chicks. Even though probably a lot of them saw it because your group of friends all went and saw movies, right. you know, and you probably were moved by it because how could you not be? Right. But boys had to act like they didn't care and it was just- I just like the cool explosion part. I just <laughs> like the special effects. I like when everybody dies, which is essentially, I think, what- um the, what boys were supposed to say. Yeah, exactly. That's what, yeah. I keep I keep thinking about how like as someone the cultural lexicon in Charlotte, you had to you had to love golf, college basketball, fucking NASCAR, and like just 
all that shit. So you're describing yourself right now because yeah. there's one thing I know about Holden McNeil. Exactly, all right? I was just, as an unathletic person who actually deep down, and he won't find this out for another 20 years, like loves musicals and... You know, because even the, I mean, sh- shit, and now we get, we could even, I want to stay on Titanic for a bit longer, but I mean, definitely Rage Wu-Tang we will get into was that, like the most first, testosterone-filled, insane event I've ever been to, yeah. <laughs> Titanic is the first movie to ever surpass a worldwide box office gross of $1 billion. And that the fact that James Cameron, because I also didn't know this, James Cameron beat his own record with the release of Avatar, which grossed a $1.858 billion in 39 days, 12 years later. But I also had no idea that Gloria Stewart in Titanic was nominated for Best Supporting Actress who plays Old Rose. Oh, and yeah. she's the oldest person to have ever been nominated for an Oscar. I knew that the Titanic Titanic ripped out a bunch of records. Yeah. You know, this was it was such a huge, huge. they still refer to it as one of the greatest movies of all time. Of course, keeping in mind the fact that, like, well, prices change over time. The fact that things keep breaking records is because of, you know, economy and how our country changes. But then there's just it still has the highest number. Oh, I apologize. Um, La La Land has now tied it as the highest number of Oscar nominations. And that is 14 nominations. Boo, La La Land. (laughs) It's fine. But it just felt, Titanic just felt like a whole whole event. It felt like a whole lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to, did you see ever, did you ever see one of the traveling uh, museum, like of all the artifacts of the Titanic that like, I was so excited when it was coming to the museum close to my home town and we traveled to go see it and I remember dragging Henry. Henry didn't want to be at the museum about the Titanic. <laughs> he didn't give a shit about Again, it. Again, he had to. He had to. Yeah. He culturally had to hate it. But as it also a young is boy. funny that this, it, he had to hate it as a boy, but it is funny that it translated, because I, I remember I took a summer camp class on the mechanics of how the Titanic sank. <laughs> Why did I do, like, it? Tra- like Titanic's success was so huge yes. that a bunch of sixth grade girls were just like, let's learn about the Titanic. Titanic. Not just the Leo and Kate parts, but like the actual Titanic. Like boats. It, Let's yeah. learn about boats. <laughs> yeah. Let's learn about uh, aquatic architecture. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Um, yeah, I, I it was it was unavoidable. I remember just the walls of copies of it when it came out on Blockbuster too was just so crazy. I had the soundtrack. Uh, I listened uh, to the okay, soundtrack. Of course. All Very the good. Time. I'm sorry, but the soundtrack absolutely holds up. Well, and Celine Dion, right? I mean, yeah. Is were you already a fan of Celine by this point, or was oh, this yeah. I think this was kind of the first time I had really heard of Celine Dion. Same. I was not already I mean, I liked it's all coming back to me, but it I Jackie probably had a relationship with Celine Dion already by this point. I really loved Celine Dion. I loved her. Um, again, made me no friends. <laughs> uh, but I really liked Celine Dion's music. And also Celine Dion was up for, I think that she was up for an Oscar this year as well, if I remember correctly. That like up close and personal, right? Or am I am I just the am I the only Celine over here? Me, I, you're I a Celine Weenie. You're the uh, only Celine. Yeah. I'm a you're the only Celine Weenie. And I'm a weenie for Celine <laughs> and I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm more of a Dion Peon. Oh. <laughs> It is crazy. I'm looking at these pictures of um, couples at the Oscars in 1997. Oh, wow. Good, good Google search. Talk about 
talk about the difference of couples. So remember earlier when I said that Gwyneth Paltrow broke off her engagement to Brad Pitt yes. in this year. But in the same year, she started dating, which I completely forgot about, Ben Affleck. So weird. She dated Ben Affleck between 1997 to 2000. And in 1997, which I also forgot about, Gwyneth Paltrow was best friends with Winona Ryder, and she introduced Winona Ryder to Matt Damon at a New Year's, New Year's Eve party, and then they started dating, and what a formal relationship of people to, like, yeah. go hang out with, and especially in 1997, like, that's a hot Horrible right there. Mm-hmm. Was Goodwill Hunting also this year? <laughs> yes, they won the Oscar next year, but because I remember that during our 1998 thing. It came out. But this yes, this year. was the launch uh-huh. of Affleck and Damon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but at this time, JLo's dating Puff Daddy. Now I do remember that. Yes, I remember that as well. And again, the whole, um, I guess for lack of a better <laughs> phrase, monetization of Biggie Smalls' death was unbelievable that year. I mean, just just the whole life after death double cd the the music videos running constantly i mean it was this bizarre combination of this is so tragic and this is so unbelievably sad. But it like started Puff Daddy and like Bad Boy Records yeah. thing though. Like it did also like launch a whole other part of music that is now like seen as like a, as a big part of music. Oh, hip hop's so cool this year too. Of course, with um, you've got Missy Elliott blowing up huge this year. You've got uh, what was the other one? Busta Rhymes fucking blowing up right now, which is fun because rap. That says to me, like, rap has kind of found its standard, kind of, essentially, at this point, and now people are starting to get weird with it, which was always the fun point, right? And we get really weird with it, especially over the past few years uh, in the 2020s and the 2010s, but, man, it was so fun to see, like, people really put a completely bizarre and different spin on hip-hop in this way, and also, um, yeah, we just had to, like, Listen to a song about a dead guy every other <laughs> every other radio hit track. I feel like so. I I grew up. Maybe I shouldn't blame where I grew up. I did grow up in what was at this time the whitest county in America. Um, but there was just I, there was like I did not know anyone who listened to hip hop. Um, I. I, like I, it was not even remotely part of my life, other than the kind of like vague holdover, like Tipper Gore anxiety That's about so it. Funny. Like, oh, there's swear words, you know. There's explicit warnings on the on the you know CD covers and stuff. Yeah. Um, aside from like anything that was in like the top ten or whatever. And so yeah, with like I'll be missing you. I like loved that song. Totally didn't know that it was a. I didn't know about the original Police song. Didn't know anything about Biggie. Didn't know anything about Tupac. Like. What was that? What was my experience of that song without any of this context? You know, like <laughs> it was just also it's just a banger of a it fucking is. song. It's a great song. Outside of everything, it's also just happens to be a really great fucking. Yeah, song. I mean, as a uh, middle schooler who went to private school during this time, uh, we listened to a lot of hip hop. <laughs> it was very much. We were definitely uh, living incredibly sheltered, protected lives, and definitely listening to a lot of Dr. Dre's The Chronic Fuck and yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg and whatever we could get our hands on to just just feel like we're badass See, and I also think act this, like we're badass. This really shows our age difference because what made me feel badass because I didn't realize 1997 
big Willie style. I, oh, this yeah. That I remember. Here for Will Smith. Yes. I had that single. I was obsessed with big Willie style. He was, style. Na, na, Will Smith, na, this na, was na, his na, time. Na. This yes. was his biggest yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. He was so huge. Men in, and again, Men in Black, as much as Titanic was that serious, big, epic film, Men in Black was the fun comedy of the summer. Everybody saw it. And Will Smith was in everybody's uh, earlobes at that point. Mm-hmm. I also wasn't even thinking, because Bad Boys came out in 95. Yeah. Independence Day came out in 96. And then fucking Men, Men in, in Black, Black in comes out in 97. This is, he all, like, is that's insane. Killing the game and I think actually establishing a new lane for celebrity it's like no you can have the hit album of the summer the hit fucking movie of the summer that's true and all of it all at once and be this huge larger than life personality and I think that people really started to seek that out in different ways um, and then also this this is uh, speaking of movies this is the year that Batman died yeah uh, Batman and Robin hits uh, in 97 and the era of Batman and really superhero movies in general go away largely uh, because of this film. I mean, I think this, you could point to this film and be like, oh, the MCU, like that space between like Tim Burton's Batman and the MCU, that is there largely because of the movie Batman and Robin. I, I see you later. <laughs> what were the, like his lines You can look up a master movie. cut and I, I strongly urge everyone to do this, especially <laughs> if you just want to be put in a, if you're in a shitty mood right now and you want to feel good, throw on the master cut on YouTube of every uh, ice pun that Arnold Schwarzenegger says in Batman. Batman and Robin. There is absolutely a master cut of that. <laughs> it's so funny. And there's so many of them. I mean... That are in a completely different way. This morning, I watched... There was a clip for the Olympics. This is current day. Olympics clip of all of the best screams in the Olympics so far of just either out of frustration or out of <laughs> ecstasy. And um, that really also put a big smile on my face in case you guys were... Um, Wondering. I think my go-to put a smile on your face uh, is the video of Kim Cattell uh, doing the, the the slam poetry oh, the with her husband. Oh, <laughs> my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. Tonight, hell freezes over. All right, everyone. Chill. The Iceman <laughs> coming. It's, uh, it's great. Let's kick some ice. <laughs> I do wonder because I recently rewatched Batman Forever and about 45 minutes into Batman Forever, I'm like, man, you know what? I still love Batman Forever. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's fun. And um, it's great. Mm. I love Batman Forever and I feel like it gets shit sometimes. And Batman and Robin, I do kind of want to rewatch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I should because I was, see, I was big into um, Chris O'Donnell because of the Three Musketeers. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I don't think, I think that didn't come out. In Did that not come out? In I will say, oh, no, if we're staying in movies, I just want to throw it out too, because I feel like y'all were in a different boat than me. But this is definitely a part where I don't have a car. I don't have like good access to transportation. We can't really mix it up, get into bad shit. Nobody's like 18 yet. We can't even buy cigarettes or porn or whatever. Uh, so I'm definitely living in the movie theater yeah. a, quite a bit and, and have very... Very specific, fond movie theater. Okay, good. Even though you're a little younger, I feel like even all through middle school, I was trying to go as much as I could. Because there wasn't anything else to do. Yeah. So you could go to the mall, you could go to the movies, or as we discussed, we, you could go to the Blockbuster or, or the Roller Rink. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, it. So this is why a lot of my music memories of this at this time are also at the Roller Rink. <laughs> but uh... Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs. 
containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, but I remember seeing I Know What You Did Last Summer in the movies, nice. which came out in 1990. That was like the icon of like, to me, that in this like time that I was in of like trying to be like, grown and cool and like bad like I had always been like so good and I wanted to be bad like I know what you did last summer was like the icon of like preteen sexuality for me it was like ooh it's like it's like stabby and sexy it was like Fear Street (laughs) but like embodied in Ryan Philippe you know yes for Completely. for me, big big movie big movie theater experiences for me. Starship Troopers was one of those where Ooh, it's a good I, one. I just it was one that was great in the movie theater too, and especially if you. I thought that movie was going to be absolute trash, and I was literally just going because I was bored and oh, in, that's a you know ninth movie, grade. Though. But it ended up, so it was one of those great movies where like you just walk out of the theater being like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. Dude, even what you were saying, like I'm starting to realize this was a big year of movies for me of starting to watch more uh-huh. older movies. This is the year Face Off yes. comes out this year. Fifth Element comes out this year. Dante's Peak comes out this year. I still love Dante's Peak. And um, oh man, a spoiler alert. Let's the grandmother die in the volcano. River. Well, technically, she gives up her life to save everybody else, but still. But this also is the same year as uh, fun rom-coms when I started trying to watch these a little bit more like the movie In and Out, which I would like to do a pop history on someday. Sure. Because that's a weird one. In and Out, I think it was very weird for a child as this young to be this obsessed with this movie. And that is Kevin Klein and Joan Cusack. Fuck yeah, and Tom dude. Selleck. Yes. And Matt Dillon. In and Everybody out was a great movie. In and out. Do you oh, guys yes, remember In and Out? Yeah. I loved it. And I didn't know it was directed by Frank Oz. Oh, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Also, guys, Scream 2. Ooh. Big big sexy movie at the time. Last thing, now, now we're in now we're in the revival of the slasher cuz Scream came out last year, right? And now we're going to get Urban Legends. We got I don't I know what you did last summer. Like we're in the slasher is king and like the meta movie kind of horror movie is king. Mm-hmm. Like the movie horror movie commenting on the genre. It, it revitalized horror, really exciting stuff. We, I don't even think we realized we were in it, but of course, it, it very quickly wears the slasher revival very quickly wears its welcome out because H two O, fucking all those all those movies just came out constantly, and you're like, okay, we get it, like, and then we find out who the real person is at the end, and maybe it's three people, oh, like it was in Scream and my 2. best friend's <laughs> wedding. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. So you were talking about romantic comedies. 
I remember because I'm not allowed to like romantic comedies, right? So around this time, but I remember my brother being like, yeah, I was like dragged to go see it. And it's actually really, really funny. You should definitely watch it. And I ended up watching, I was allowed to watch it because my brother said I could. And I remember uh, love, like really being so surprised at how funny it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My best friend's wedding and the soundtrack to my best friend's wedding. Like it was so good. And it was like, that was like another piece of like cultural literacy that I literally remember being in my basement, listening to that soundtrack and being like everyone knows this soundtrack yeah. so if i know this soundtrack i will be like everyone else yeah. you know also it is weird it was a big year of like memorializing yeah. people as well because this is the year that j-lo did selena mm. and that was also talking about when you were talking about earlier about like princess dying watching that of like the fact that a mom could die i just remember watching selena understanding that selena was a real person and then listening to the soundtrack all the time trying to listen to as much selena as i could because it was also the idea i think was the first time that i really understood that celebrities could die to that extent like with that someone that was like yeah but she was so young Chris and Farley. she was so like, yeah. you know, and then she could just die. She was murdered. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was different with Chris Farley even because it was like, yeah. well, because he OD'd and not that, you know, that was, that's an addiction. That's a much different issue. Right. But the fact that she was murdered changed Same, And Sam yeah. Princess died. Yeah. yeah. Changed my brain. Yeah, totally. And I never thought about that before. I'm looking at other big, important things that I don't want to miss. And it's like, I feel like, it's I associate this time so much with like all of these extremely, you know, skinny kind of perfect uh, like images of on magazine covers and this like yep. extreme heteronormativity and stuff. But also it was the year that Daria came out. Yes. And even though I was over here trying to do my best to fit in, I remember watching Daria and being like, I have never felt so seen in my entire life. And like it was that that felt like such an important uh I mean, I like obviously, and she'd been in a character in Beavis and Butthead, and Beavis and Butthead was already like doing amazing things with cartoons. But Daria just felt like for for kids who were like angsty, maybe especially for girls who were angsty. I don't know how it was for you, Holden, but I feel like oh, yeah. for like it was the first time I had ever seen a girl portrayed being like pissy and unhappy, but in like a wonderful, wonderful way. Yeah. Uh, again, MJ, I'm not allowed to uh, like, that's a girl show. Even Daria, um, really? So I'm not allowed to like, I mean, no, I would watch that, but even even still. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I believe you. I'm, I'm looking back, you know, there's, yeah, to- toxic masculinity is fucking real oh. and uh, it's sad. I feel like in that time period, it was like, well, boys can't watch Daria, boys watch yeah. 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 I feel like that was still the like. Just now's the best time to say it, man. South Park drops. Yeah, oh, which yeah, was yeah. So perfect for me personally is I remember like Simpsons was like the show you know that got me through middle school but I needed mm-hmm. to turn it yeah. up a notch you know what I mean bad, content bad wise. wise I needed to dirty it up a bit because I, I we're being bad kids yeah. now I mean we're full on sneaking cigarettes you know whenever the parents aren't looking and all that kind of stuff and I'm just starting to dabble with you know uh, soon I'm going to really get into alcohol and weed uh, the next year but yeah definitely South oh, Park and then you find that radio head and album, that radio though, head that okay computer yeah. Woo! Okay, but um, in a uh, again showing our age differences, that this is the year that Tamagotchi. Oh, did I have a Tamagotchi? I was a, I was a. He called me a Tamabitchy because (laughs) I, I was obsessed with my Tamagotchis, and like to the point that I would give them to my sister when I would go to school and be like, 
you cannot let them die. And my sister <laughs> had like a job. She had, she was just an adult. And I was like, and so I'd give her all four of my Tamagotchis and I would make like, like it was like, you have to, you, they can't die by the end of the day. And she did it every day when I would go to school. And she <laughs> only killed them like a couple times. Yeah, Tamagotchi I think was like Very the- impressive. Maybe it wasn't the beginning, but this was like a great year for 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 toy marketing because it was like Beanie Babies. It was the it was like the the McDonald's hot Happy Meal Beanie Babies that you had to like not only have oh regular my god Beanie I babies, still have them all don't but, worry don't steal oh from me don't I know that now everyone thinks my house is a hot button house to Target but don't worry all the Beanie Babies are my mother's. <laughs> yeah Beanie Babies is definitely one of the earliest examples of a thing where I was like that's goofy I'm not going anywhere near that that just does not seem not not that I'm better than everybody else but that was just you know I feel like we're starting to, to be more discerning at least I am at this point in my life I'm I, I don't just you know have to kind of go with the flow with everything and you know I remember that happened with like pogs as well I was like I'm not fucking getting into this this just seems ridiculous you know what I mean like but uh, people do remember that stuff fondly. And yo-yos, too. I remember yo-yos got so popular with these boys at school. And I was like, you guys are fucking ridiculous. Like, what? Oh, okay. We all yo-yo now because four people decided that's the thing to do. And now they're bringing in their fancy yo-yos. And you know what's not cool? Pogos. Yeah. And I learned it very. <laughs> so funny, Jackie. Okay, everyone likes yo-yos. Everyone likes pogs. Wouldn't it be? Like, maybe that's the new that's thing. so funny. Maybe I'll be the fir- the front runner of the pogos. <laughs> so, oh, I so wish we had known each other, Jackie. I know. But I- I'm sure that I've said this on the show before, but I have to say it again because it probably wasn't 1997. I think it was 1998 because I remember being in my seventh grade homeroom and on the announcements, uh, they said, everyone take out your assignment books and take out a pencil. And so everyone did. And the assistant principal doing the announcements made us, he's like, everyone write down these letters in your assignment book. N-O-Y-O. Why? And then he no, said, no, no, no yo, yo. yo. <laughs> <laughs> we thought N O Y O Y O, no yo, yo, was the absolute funniest shit that had ever happened in our lives. <laughs> of course it is. Oh, wow. No, no yo, yo. yo. I feel like we talked about it in 98, but uh, I will say Ellen publicly comes out yeah, in that was... 97. And on the cover of that Time magazine, that was a huge, huge deal. Huge story for sure. That I, like, I, I, what I said about it was I feel like it kind of weirdly ruined the show because then they just tokenized the coming out so much uh, in the show. I feel like that it was like going to be a few years before we could just have a gay person on screen being just a, it, like anyone else. You know what I mean? Without any kind of extra. That was, like I said, it was like, oh, you're going to the pet store? Well, everyone knows that everyone goes to the gay pet store if you're gay. You know what I mean? Like in every every episode would be like, let's go to the gay <laughs> version of whatever this normal thing is and see how funny it is to do the gay version of it anyway. It is so funny to think about that time, yeah, though, they because they I had literally right. never seen another woman with short hair, like ever. Yeah. And which was yeah. why I thought I must be gay, too, because like when she came out, I was like, I guess this is probably means I'm gay because That's it was mean. there was so so little representation and yeah obviously ellen sucks now but that magazine cover was such a big deal now the representation did a lot for a lot of people and i imagine that holden you were drawn to the rage against the machine wu-tang clan tour yes. because of the representation of your anger <laughs> of your fear. i was terrified um, the so whole time i'll like say that I think you need to talk about this. Let's tell, yeah. tell us, exercise your demons. Uh, yeah, so of course, love Rage Against the Machine. They came out with Evil Empire uh, before this tour. 
member uh, Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, again, enter the 36 Chambers. I am a white kid listening to a lot of intense rap music <laughs> because we're we're doing it. We're a, we're a privileged white kid in, in the suburbs uh, of Charlotte, North Carolina. So, uh, dude, it was so funny how much, how, like, much our middle school asses were trying to come off like we're hard or like we're bad at you know what I mean wearing collared shirts and khakis oh of course that's what what do you think I why do you think I get into new metal later on I thought that yeah, exactly was thinking that was so, badass you know. so uh when it came to Rage Against You Wu-Tang I just remember we went I felt so like small and vulnerable like we get there and it was literally just like a bunch of like scary dudes on all ends of the spectrum like scary like skinhead dudes in the mix with like you know, thugged out dudes and stuff. And it was just like, I just remember, I was like, this place is going to burn to the ground. Like these people are just any second, just going to start just destroying each other. And I'm in the middle of what, what this melee will become. And by the way, this was back in the day when you would go to a concert and always the fear, right? Was that the mosh pit pit would just form right around you (laughs) and that you'd be stuck in the middle of it. Like, and it always would happen to kids like us too. Like the mosh pit inevitably would always just happen at us. And we'd be in the middle of it for about two seconds before we could run out of there. But you never know. You could have taken an elbow to the face in that two seconds it took you to get out of there. It was so scary. And this happened here too. Uh, but I remember Wu-Tang Clan came on, fucking blew the doors off the place. And then Rage came on and they were amazing. But the match performed around me and I had to run away. And then my butt, me and again, my buddy Brian, we were just hanging out a lot this time. He was, his mom was our ride. And so, or her, his dad, either way. Um, and so we had to leave in the middle of the rage set. <laughs> I felt like such a child. Oh. I felt so <laughs> bummed out. Like, it had just started, and honestly, if you watch, like, Rage Against the Machine live footage, they are fucking awesome live. They fucking blow the doors off the place. Yeah. I got to see them, Lollapalooza 99, I believe, was the tour, where I got to see them uh, finally perform, like, a full set. But I just remember being so scared, and looking back on it, it really was a volatile time. You had, like... Those dudes out there, the the like, they were just like, yeah, rage fans and fans, all this kind of crazy hardcore music, and they're you know they're all crazy. But then you hip hop's big now and gangster rap, and everyone's trying to be gangsta, you know what I mean? Which was ridiculous in in hindsight, but but uh, so everybody just had such a fucking angry edge to them, which I guess was perfect for an angsty teen like myself. But also it was like, damn guys. What are we doing here? Rage Against the Machine, the funniest thing was, like, those guys were very educated about the movements they were trying to represent. But for kids like us, we weren't, like, it wasn't, like, opening us up to, you know, the political fights that it was based upon. I didn't realize Tom Morello was, like, as smart and and lefty and radical as he was until, uh, or at least left, yeah, like, uh, he was until I was, until he went to Occupy. Because, yeah, I I was just a kid with rage and was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but I didn't actually understand that he had politics. We were using it to say fuck you to our parents right 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 right, right. fuck you <laughs> yeah. do what you tell me we're just screaming that at our teacher not the fu- you know not the system man no and so that was the funny contradiction with rage as well at that time as well as hip-hop because hip-hop's like uh we're living on these streets my friends are dying like this is so heavy this is so crazy and we're just like fuck you mom <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what i mean that is so uh, so true. There was so much panic. So about true. Gang- the phrase gangster rap, when you said that, so it like immediately funny, right? brought, me, brought me back. And it was just like, the white children are listening to albums made by black people. You know, it was just like, rap. so. Yep. How so, dare they? So much like racist panic. And I remember it yeah, being like, is there was so much like, is this going to have a bad influence on our children? It was like, so 
so much. It was way past the Tipper Gore stuff. Yeah, and that I actually didn't realize that that had all started with Prince. So because I associate that that panic so much with gangs with quote unquote gangster rap. You know. Yeah, yeah. totally. And and the and yes, the parents fear. Soon it's going to be a fear about rainbow parties and ecstasy pills. But before that, we have this fear of like yes. the black man invading our home and and making the child want to gun down people in the streets. It was so absurd. And at the same time, it was so like ridiculous and innocent. But you know, it was interesting. Like I definitely had moments where like, I I remember um, I was on a school trip. It might not have been in 97, but I had the death row greatest hits. And I was with this guy and he was a little older than me. And he was uh, seeing a girl on the, on the church trip. And I put on just a really raunchy towards women song that was on that album. I forget which one it was, but it was just one where like, they were just saying awful things about women. And it was actually important that he turned to me and said this. He was like, man, I'm not into this. You know what I mean? And it was, and there was a lot of very like, um, especially like shitty things towards like women and the way that the relationship amidst all of the like, my friends are dying, important kind of dialogues that were happening within there. And so in hindsight, it was kind of feeding a really gross, you know, portrayal to us as we're just starting to date girls or look at girls sexually. So on the other end of the spectrum, by the way, I know we're probably going to wrap up soon, but I wanted to ask y'all because again, girl stuff for girls, so I'm not allowed uh, to enjoy this. Uh, Lilith Fair uh, was big during this time. Was that at all a thing for y'all? Not on my radar whatsoever. We were too young. It was the VH1. Be, be, behind the music also, I guess, started in 97. This is the VH1 era of importance, I think. Lilith Fair, all that. But, right, it was probably more your older sister, Jackie. Completely. I wanted to. Like, then, like, years later, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I love all of those artists. And so, it was definitely, I was not quite there yet, but... Um, I wanted to be, but it was only for, it was only a couple of summers yeah. and I just really wanted to do it so badly. And I think that's why I ended up like later on mm-hmm. going to the festivals that I would go to when I was in college, because it was like trying to like talk about chasing the dragon. Yeah. Of, it's like, it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. I want to go to Lilith Fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. uh, along similar lines as, and maybe, you know, like maybe it's not. Maybe it's a silly association, but when I was talking with Gideon about doing the 1998 episode, he was like, you know, he's older than than us and he's more like Gen X. And he was like, at this time, I was listening to like Slater, Kinney and Pavement. Yeah. And I didn't even I had never heard I'd never heard of Lilith Fair at, at all when I when that was happening. I never heard of Pavement like until I I think I learned about Pavement like through listening to the Mountain Goats when I was in college. Like I never uh-huh. I learned about Slater, Kinney in, in high school when I got into punk. But like. I, there was all this, like, as much as there was this, like, monoculture, uh, you know, pop culture feeling, talking to him, I was like, oh, there was cool counterculture shit. I just yes. didn't know about it, both because of my age and because of where I lived, right. you know? Like, there was just Yeah, not... when we realized Neutral Milk Hotel, that, yeah. that album was cut in 98, yeah. right? I mean, it's, yeah. you're like, holy shit, but, but it's cut... But again, not it's instead of girl stuff for girls, that was college stuff for college kids. Yeah, right, right. right. And our, our version of that was a, like Radiohead was ushering us into that, but we weren't. I think we we weren't ready. Uh, <laughs> another big news story that just I have to mention for nostalgia's sake: uh, Tyson biting off Holyfield's ear uh, was ninety seven. Great time. Wow. That was everywhere. And the computer that beats the computer. The oh. As well, there's like all like this is a a, fun an year. iconic year for many different 
things, which is why we only like we didn't even talk about Spice World and the Spice like Girls and how everyone had to or know how Spice they were. We talk about how Jeff Buckley Jeff dies, Buckley dies. This again. Year, that's which, something like, that I'm not going to recognize until college, Same. though. I feel like you know what I mean. Yeah, but but right. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I remember this was Barney was the first instance of this, but Teletubbies was this a close second of like I'm a big kid now, so I think that stuff's lame and dumb. That was definitely where that was the line I was drawing as well. Oh. I'm like I don't. Watch Teletubbies yeah, was my first ironic watching. Like we as yes, sixth graders, yeah. we all got very into the Ooh. Teletubbies and it was like, yeah, that's for little kids. But like, actually it's kind of, there's a baby in the sun. Yeah, like yeah. it's uh, like we yeah. like that was definitely my first ironic distance pop culture c- consumption. I love it. No, I was singing the words to the uh, the Mer- Meredith Brooks song "Bitch," <laughs> and my mom would allow me to sing it. <laughs> mom, I'm singing a song. I can say those words. And I would say the word bitch really loud every time I said it because I thought I was being edgy. And now I can say bitch whenever I want. Bitch, bitch, bitch. That was me listening to The Offspring for the first time being like, wow. Uh, la, 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 la. Hey, shout out to Offspring, by the way. After watching that Woodstock 99 documentary, they were like the one band who got up there and was like, hey, I don't really like what I'm seeing out there with the women crowd surfing. Um, it's just not cool, man. Like, you got, you know what I mean? Like, they, they really g- got points for me. Um yeah, they were like the only band. Everyone else, they were like, can you please calm the crowd down? I just got to break stuff. Yeah, you fuckers want to break stuff shit. Like, like serious, like every other band, they were like, can you guys please not? Oh, won't you stand next to my fire? I can't believe Red Hot Chili Peppers got away with singing. Won't you stand next to my fire as they were lighting the entire fucking festival on fire. Anyways, we'll get to it later, but holy shit. I'm um, sorry. I also was watching a trailer because I forgot the parameter yes. the Rampa came Play, out That means 1997. PlayStation and N64. I didn't want to get it too nerdy with y'all, but... Of but, course, yeah, but Parappa the Rapper was like, that was what, one of the only things that I was into. Kick, punch. It's all <laughs> yeah. in the mind. Uh, kick, punch, jump. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Dude, I have it, by the way, Jackie. If you want a nostalgia blast, come over and we will play through all of it. I have it on my PS4. And it's they did a re they re-release of it recently. I'm, I'm, I'm completely I had Jordan in. Temple on my great. stream uh back when I did that 24 hour stream, uh, and he came over to play Parappa the Rapper and like couldn't get over it because like of all the nostalgia just that came back to him playing that game. He's like, this is amazing. I'm I'm down <laughs> completely. And again, we're gonna have to revisit this at some point because there's a lot more that happens in this year, but I'm so glad that we we're able to uh touch upon as much as we did even though she's a man baby awesome power starts this year too because talk i can't even believe we didn't talk about that mj when we were talking about the the resurgence of it was totally austin powers that's right i I forgot that this was the year of austin powers every single reference i made was about austin powers man i gave a lot of money to blockbuster this year i mean this is the year i'm just all i'm doing is like watching movies and playing video games and just trying to escape and i'm just about to kind of more be like in a band going out more but I'm really just home right now just feeding my my creative mind with all this <laughs> stuff with all this gunk but also totally um, right now if you've not seen the Don't Let Go ah, and yes. Vogue music video ooh ooh get in it I love it and thank you guys so much for joining us and this our year, the Lord's year, 1997, um, I'm glad that it's not 1997 anymore, but um, I feel like, um, I was going to say that I bet Gwyneth Paltrow wished it was still 1997, but maybe that's not <laughs> quite the case. She's doing, that I think, true. much better for herself now. Mm-hmm. Although, don't we all yeah. want to be young Gwyneth Paltrow in 1997? Sure. Young, dumb, and full of hope. <laughs> 
All right, there it is, our, our episode on 1997. Rewind, check us out further if you'd like to support. There's so much content on Patreon. It's ridiculous. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Uh, Jackie really pumps it out. I do a weekly thing with her as well, but uh, just go check it out. There's so much stuff on there. And uh, twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho. Get it while you can. Uh, actually, at the time of this uh, recording, I'm going to be... On my PT. Daddy. On my PT leave. But when I come back, Monday, Tuesdays, and Fridays, um, and please feel free to subscribe to my channel, even while I'm gone, as it will <laughs> help me feed a child. Uh, that would be great. Uh, yeah. What you got, MJ? Uh, I'm MJ, and I'm MJKLCat on Instagram. And I'm Jackie Zabrowski. Follow me on Instagram at JackThatWorm. Come check out the Patreon, and also check out my Twitch as well on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings over on twitch.tv forward slash oh no, it's Jackie. I love you guys, and we will see you soon. Thank you for taking a trip down memory lane. Oh, yeah. Bye, everybody. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.